beautiful people welcome to episode two of the alg podcast and i am one of your beautiful hosts mr david roden aka fit d rock and we got next to me i am uh john arpino otherwise known as jr's journey and uh we're ready for uh, episode two i don't know Epis- about you oh i'm so excited episode two is actually about me being on the hot seat um it was first about John's story, and now I'm going to be in the hot seat, so hopefully I can keep up. All right. You guys ready? You ready, David? I'm ready to go. Fire away. All right, David. Uh, why don't you walk us through the beginning of your journey? Because I'll be honest with everyone at home, I really don't know enough about the start of your journey. It's always been you asking me questions. So why don't we start from the beginning? Take me through, uh, take me through your early childhood. Did you uh, battle obesity at a young age or you know, kind of walk me through that? 100%. Um, so for me and my story, I definitely hit the peak of weight early. Right. Um, and did I have some different metabolic issues and health issues? Yes. Um, it's very interesting because I grew up in a very, very blessed household in every way, shape of the word. Um, the, the thing that I always say is you always have this iconic thought process in your head of, I'm missing something or if, if I didn't have this or if my parents were better parents or if my blank was a better, if I had more money, if some resource that was holding you back from having what you really wanted. And, and it's funny because I literally grew up in the most incredible, blessed upbringing you can ask for. Like my dad's a, a heart doctor. Mm-hmm. So um, money and support was through the roof. Um, even at a young age, he used to do these things with me where, I mean, he worked a lot. So that, Mm -hmm. that, that, that's, that's always a piece of the puzzle. He worked 80 hours plus a week for 30 years. Goddamn. Yeah. Like no joke. We're talking, we're talking when he worked on call on weekends, he'd push a hundred hours in a week. Wow. And and people watch people whine about 40 hours a week. My dad would push a hundred in a week and then work all next week. I mean, the, the life of a interventional cardiologist was, was brutal. Um, but I mean, so, so support financially was there. Um, even with my dad on it, when it came to like quote unquote psychological support, Mm -hmm. um, I remember at a young age, my dad would put me up on the counter while he was like shaving. Um, and he would say, Hey, look that man in the mirror and tell, tell him you love him. And like, so like I grew up in a very supportive family. Um, my mother is an incredible support system. Um, she was a stay at home mom. And so she was always around. I grew up in a 7,000 square foot house in our basketball court. And so when, when it comes down to what you would say, the, the resources of, of life, mm-hmm. um, support systems, money, time, I had it all going for me. Right. Um, there were some hiccups in there. I, I have a brother who had, at the time was um, a couple years older than me and he, w- he took a lot of, of effort. Mm-hmm. He had some serious um, anger issues. He'd run around the house with a knife um, and so for a long time from the ages of like 12, cause I, I was, I was overweight. I, I was actually pretty much normal weight till about, I would say first, second grade, probably mm-hmm. pretty normal. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it really started packing on into th- like second, third and fourth and then fourth through high school. It really just. So now, so um, let me ask you a question. Yes. Do you, do you feel like that? your childhood base obesity was 
kind of a call for attention because everything was kind of focused on your brother and maybe what was going on with your brother and this was kind of your cry for help or kind of do you think that there's any correlation at all between the two no so the the way i see it coming full circle looking back on it Mm -hmm. um it was with my brother needing at the time really a lot of a lot of uh just help um i was the second son that I just was, I was, I was, because I had the resources we did in our family, mm-hmm. I was given a blank check and I was given a open canvas of never being told no. Right. And so, I mean, you, you fast forward, like your, your parents are dealing with your brother a lot. And so I was like, okay, cool. I don't care, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so what, what is, what does the average young kid want? food and video games. Right. <laughs> and so it was, Hey mom, I want to do Xbox. Got it. Hey right. mom, can you go get a Costco size bag of Reese's from the when next time you go to the grocery store? Sure. And I always had friends over too. I was the obviously with the big house. So I always had the friends over. So she would pack the house with food and drinks and all this kind of stuff. Not knowing that I was the primary eater of it all. It wasn't just the, the everyone else. Um, and so it was, I think that the biggest thing for me was just that it was the, the disconnect for the longest time. Cause mm-hmm. my brother was so, um, so focused to the start. I don't, I don't think it was a, a cry for attention because I mean, you don't know what you're doing to yourself at this point. You're just, right. I just enjoyed it. Right. Um, and then when I hit the, the high school days, I, <laughs> I wait, I was, I was looking at my past medical records. I was 300 pounds by the time I was 14. Um, and then I hit 400 pounds by the time I was 18. Yep. Um, through this time, um, it was very interesting because being the, the medical background, I was pre-diabetic. I was on high blood pressure meds. I was on pre-diabetes meds. Um, and at the same time around 12, 13, 14, obviously you're 13, 14 years old, weighing 300 pounds. Like, okay, what's medically wrong with you? Yeah, man. So my dad had me go into different doctors to try to figure this out. Um, and so they had, I had a brain scan done to see if it was like a pituitary gland thing or something. And I actually did have a cyst or small growth of some sort on my pituitary gland, um, where that, that was the, the primary suspect in Mm -hmm. my, in my weight. And to the point where even I had one of my doctors tell me, Hey, David, this may be your reality. We may be able to, these are the exact words. He's a very unique guy. Um, he goes, we may be able to put you in the Sahara desert and you may not lose weight. Now what's All funny right. is a few, a few, uh, after about two, three years of every six months to making sure the growth didn't grow, it didn't grow. It actually recessed and, and right. it's gone. Oh, wow. But and so I didn't, so it all just kind of disappeared. But even at 18, 19 years old, I mm-hmm. used that story. I used that because you look at it, I look back at it now and I'm like, this doctor had no idea I was eating 15 to 20 diet, Co- or drinking 15 to 20 diet Cokes a day. I was eating right. a Costco size bag of Reese's every day. Right. I was playing video games for six, six to eight hours every day till two, three, four in the morning. Mm-hmm. And so like my, my, the way I was treating my body obviously it was a lot more than just a little cyst on my pituitary gland. Right. But we, we, we try to create stories in our head. And I even use that story up until I was 22 years old. Uh, maybe it's the cyst. Maybe, maybe I can't control this. Um, and so that was the early on start to, um, 
to like my, my childhood of what brought me to that point. And honestly, um, it, it's, it's interesting because going to my childhood with it all, what's fascinating is I, I had quote unquote a aha moment like you did, but I right. didn't because I didn't take advantage of it. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, is, it is interesting because when I was 18 years old, my, like I was about, I was like halfway through my senior year and my body's in shambles. Just, I was going to chiropractor three days a week. Um, my sugar levels were all wild. Well, before, um, before we continue there, yes. I want to just, I want to take you a step back for a second because you talked before about, you know, all the, the ailments, you know, growing up and you talked about being pre-diabetic and stuff like that. And I can, I can, you know, relate to a large scale on that. I was never pre-diabetic. Thank God. I ne- that was like the only thing on my That's laundry wild. list wrong with me. I was okay. never pre-diabetic, but I was that 13 year old kid who was on high blood pressure medicine. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I specifically remember a story of going over to my buddy's house, having dinner with his family and his father bringing up, you know, what high blood pressure medicine he was on. And I literally cocked my head and was like, Oh, Lysinopril? I'm on that too. Yeah, exactly. I was <laughs> yeah, on the Lysinopril. Lysinopril. Yep. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, I'm on lisinopril too, which kind of made it a little awkward because like he was 45 years old and I was like 14 and I was just like, yeah, you know, I know exactly what you're talking about. What milligram are you on? Mm-hmm. But it made, I feel like for me and, and maybe for you, it, it separated us from the pack because, you know, I, I always felt like being obese as a child kind of excelled my um, maturity growth. Mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and my, my personality. And I, and you would always find me hanging out more with the adults at the kids party. You know what I mean? Like everyone would be outside playing and I'd be talking to the adults about politics and medication and this, that, and the third, because I had nothing to relate with people my age. You know, everyone my age was out playing baseball, basketball tag, and I'm mm-hmm. sitting there taking high blood pressure medicine. So like, you know, walk me through your childhood a little bit. I just want to know what it was like really growing up and, and, and in middle school and high school of being this overweight kid and having all these ailments. Because I know for me, it separated me from a lot of people and it maybe not have a lot in common with people my own age. Hundred percent. Um. So middle. So one of the things for me, I was, I have always been the communicator, the outgoing, um, put in perspective. Like when I was in second, third, fourth, fifth grade, when I was in the neighborhood, and say one of the neighbors went to my parents, right. or there was some communication there, it was never, oh, you are Dave, you are, um, you are the rodent's son. Mm-hmm. It is. Well, I like that situation would come up. It's like, oh, you're David's parents. Yeah. I was no, everyone right. knew me. And then they were the support right. of second me, fiddle I, to you. Yeah, second yeah, fiddle yeah. to me. Um, so I was always the extreme outgoing, funny, laugh kid. Um, I just dumped water all over my face. I hope you everyone, everyone enjoyed that. Oh yeah. Woo. Um, <laughs> and, but I love sports. Actually, uh, I had, I had asthma as well. Um, I had right. athletic induced asthma that I would say was athletic and, and stress induced. So I did have an inhaler, um, mm-hmm. but it was only like when it was only in very stressful, high, high athletic time, which in my athletic was a different thing, but yeah, that general right. time point. Um, I was so jealous I, of you, uh, athletic induced asthma patients. I had asthma all the time, but you guys, you were just no, like, I, oh, I, I run a little athletic. bit. I get asthma. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and so I, but I played sports. Like I, yeah. I still, I was huge into sports. I played soccer. Um, I was, I played a lot of different sports. And so Mm -hmm. I treated it relatively well 
Um, obviously, I'd, I'd, I definitely am more mature than most when it comes to, especially when the high school days hit, people, I would talk to parents more than I would kids when it comes to like different situations, because yeah. I would talk politics, I'd talk economics, I would talk all these different things. Um, but it, it was interesting because the middle school days, it didn't hit me yet. Um, right. There was, I mean, the only thing in the middle school days that really got to me was obviously I'm 300 pounds everyone else isn't so finding a girlfriend was pretty much impossible because not only and this is actually funny to me is the fact that even when I was significantly overweight as a kid I couldn't get myself to wrap my head around dating or or flirting or talking to another overweight girl couldn't do it oh okay yeah I understand that couldn't do it and like it's so funny even in the college days it was just like um I, I just, I would rather not have a girlfriend than be with one that I don't think is that my, like that, that I find attractive and all this kind of stuff. Um, right, I so you. I did stress heavy with relationship side of life when it came mm-hmm. to the kid days. Um, but not when it came to, I mean, did, did I get called fat and all this kind of stuff, but it didn't really affect me. Cause again, right. when you're the funny fat kid, you just owned it. Right. And so right. when, when you get bullied by someone, um, it didn't really, it didn't really put it, put it in perspective. This is a, this is a wild story. So this kind of shows you my maturity at 18 years old. Um, when we were playing in the district finals for basketball, obviously I wasn't on the team. There's no way 400 pound David is playing basketball, um, or at least competing at that level. Right. And so, but I'm in the stands, I'm in the front row, I'm screaming the student section. And there was this guy from a, one of our rival high schools just a absolute a-hole right. he was cussing he was screaming f you to the refs he was screaming f you to our our coach he it was it was ridiculous like mm-hmm. i mean and mm-hmm. watching our administration do nothing about it would just drive me nuts i hate hypocrisy and i hate mm-hmm. like it's like i can't say i can't say ass but this guy can say f you to all the people and, and he's not getting repercussions getting kicked out nothing so it drove right. me nuts and so I went over to this guy since our administration wasn't doing anything about it. Tough guy, and David, I, here he comes. Oh, 100%, 400 pound David. Bo, 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 bo. <laughs> and I looked to this guy and I go, hey man, stop, stop disrespecting and cussing at our, at our players. It's, it's mm-hmm. not respectful and, and I don't tolerate that. Right. And this, this 45 year old man looks at me and goes, all right, fatso, don't care. And the most ironic part about this was he was sitting next to a 500 pound guy. Yes. And so I'm like, Ooh, he's taking out fat jokes. And I have a, I had very good composure back then. And I still do. I look over at the fat guy and I was like, Hey, how does it feel that you're sitting next to a guy who just being respectful to telling you to stop cussing is calling me fat. And this fat guy's like, I don't want to be part of this. I'm just, I'm just sitting here. And it was crazy. And so I go, and then I, that was it. I go back down. I go back to the, our side of the, the stands and he's standing over there, calling me fat, like doing gestures. And I'm like, this man's a savage. Like, wow. he, I'm like, but it didn't, it didn't emotionally get me. Cause I was just, cause again, it's like you, you, you own it so much. And like, you're a bigger you, man you, than you, I, David, you're a bigger <laughs> man than I. And then not to mention this, I was going to go back again. And then administration came to me and yelled at me for going over there to do their job. Classic. Yeah. Um, but it is what it is. But it, it, the, the, the reason why I bring that up was 
I was never influenced by people around me for what they called me. I was by far my biggest, uh, my biggest bully. I got on myself. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, but I was never influenced by others, um, on that standpoint. And growing up as a kid, I, I, (laughs) I figured out ways to be able to have fun with my friends and make it work even with my size. Of course. You you just, you just figure out, figure out ways to do it. You hack that Um, life. Yeah. And so I, I really didn't, it was completely benign to me until honestly my senior year. I like, I, I just rolled with it until senior year it really all just flowed in and was like, oh my God, what? Because you I didn't self like accept the fact that you were overweight because I know for a while that, yeah. that, that, that was me. I didn't like, I mentally didn't accept it. Oh, 100%. I, 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 this, it's funny how you justify things. So for example, um, when I was, when I was, just, this was like probably my junior, senior year, the first time I ever stepped on the, st- or stepped on the scale from the doctor at 400 pounds, mm-hmm. um, I was like, oh, wow, like this, that's fascinating. Mm-hmm. But I, I wanted to see the, how, how people saw me. Right. And so I went to my buddies and I went to people at school and I was like, hey guys, how, how much do you think I weigh? And they were like, that's always I don't a know. fun question. That's a oh, fun question. It's a dangerous question because yeah. you. It's it's kind of like when a girl asks you how old they are. And you're yeah. like, oh, I'm gonna <laughs> say young because no one wants to hear that they're 40. Right. Um. And so they were like, I don't know, like 300 pounds, 310 pounds, blah blah blah. I'm like, okay, cool. I go back home to my mom that day, and I'm like, mom, I look pretty good for 400 pounds because all my boy, all my buddies, and all the people at school think I'm 300 pounds. I must look really good for 400. <laughs> I played that game with myself for a long time. (laughs) What? (laughs) I look back at it now. I'm just like, it is crazy how you. I'm 400, but I'm a slim 400. You know what I'm saying? My man boob to stomach (laughs) ratio is perfect. (laughs) It really brings out my five chins, ma. Like if you just if you look at me from this angle. Yeah, it's it's like I I don't look 400 pounds, so it's like everything's everything's gonna be fine. Um, but yeah, and then it really hit me my senior year because my body just, just yeah. couldn't handle it. Um, it, it the physical and mental told it all because it was I was I had to sleep a lot more to to deal mm-hmm. with the day. Um, my back was always sore, all this kind of stuff, and so and then because of it, my my grades plummeted, plummeted. Yeah. I went from like a three point five plus to a one nine. Nice. And it, it dropped so significant, but I was always the facade of everything was put together. And right. so my senior year at the, on a, when I was on the golf team, um, I shouldn't have competed cause I didn't have a two point. Mm-hmm. And, but the, the coach didn't see me as an issue to check my grades. And so he never did. So they never knew same thing with administration. Everyone just kind of, I just kind of fell through the cracks of like where crack, I was, yeah. um, because I had such a persona yep. that I had it all together. Yep. But in reality, I was in shambles. Um, And so my grades were plummeting. My health was plummeting. And it's crazy to think that I got this low. But I'll never forget because I didn't think I was going to go to college. Like, I thought I was going to have to go to a CC or something. And Mm -hmm. when when your dad's a doctor, your uncle's a a prestigious lawyer, your your mom's a nurse. And the school I went to is very – if you don't go to college, even if you go to a CC, you're – a freaking loser that, mm-hmm. that was the school i went to and it's like all right i'm gonna go to, have to go to a cc like th- I'm, my, my this is not good and so i saw just so much um so much pain and so much failure in me i felt right. so stuck that um 
honestly, I almost ended my life twice senior year of high school. Really? No one knew. No, like, I, it, it, like we're talking, it was crazy because literally you look, I look back on it today. Um, and I was, I had a hot shower in my, in, in my custom marble, my, my ensuite bedroom with a custom marble shower mm-hmm. and I'm laying on the ground in it with a pair of scissors to my wrist, trying to put the, put the, the power to do it. Cause I just, I just was like, I felt trapped. I felt there was no way out of it. Wow. And, um, because I mean, all I saw was I was 400 pounds. I was not gonna be able to go to college. All I saw was failure out of myself. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy how I never went through with it. Um, I never actually hurt myself in any way physically. Um, but it just goes to show you how you can literally have it all, mm-hmm. but not see any of it. What were your thoughts? If you can kind of like express those, you don't have to, if you don't no, want to understand, but I want to know what you were thinking in those moments. Honestly, it, it was, it was very simple. Um, I, I always say like that kind of realm, I only saw failure and I only saw f- the future of more failure and pain. That was what, it. what stopped you. Like what made you not commit besides the fear? I yeah. literally couldn't tell you. Um, just not. Yeah. I just didn't do it. I just never fully pulled the trigger um i couldn't tell you why i mean god had a better plan for me amen um and so and i i'm i look back on it and i don't regret it i don't i don't i don't um i don't take it because a lot of people get judgy over stuff like that i don't judge it it it, it was where it was i find it fascinating now looking back on it because i'm just like it just goes to show you how good your life can actually be you look at the reality of your life Right. I had all the financial support in the world. All, mm-hmm. I had my senior um, graduation party was with one of my best friends, um, Phil, Phil, and we had a joint senior um, graduation party. And between the two of us, we had over a thousand people, 800 to a thousand people at my house throughout the day. That's crazy. I had, we had three, we had three high schools in my school district and I was the, I was known at all three high schools. And so literally I had kids from Forest Hills Central, Forest Hills Eastern, Forest Hills Northern, all at my, my graduation party. I was loved and admired by everyone. Yes. I had I all the resources in the world, but I didn't see it for myself. It's crazy how we create that persona, those two personas. 100%. The one that happens when we're by ourselves and the one that we project to everyone around mm-hmm. us. I call, it, um, I call it your public, private, and secret self. Yeah. And until your public, private, and secret self are in congruency, you, you're, you're, you're the same person you are publicly as the same person you are privately as the same person you are secretly, you're going to have stress and anxiety. Yep. But when you, when you actually put those three together, you're, you, you create some, some flow to your life. Exactly. Um, now, would you say that was your rock bottom? And that was the whole thing. Yes, that was my rock bottom, but I didn't change. Right. I didn't really change. So um, I, I got into college. I went mm-hmm. to Central Michigan University. Um, and my, I, I went through the phases. And so mm-hmm. my, my freshman year, I was, I went to, to random, um, I was in a random, uh, dorm, like just right. random people. And one of my roommates, Troy was one of the top, um, uh, tr- uh runners in the state, which is so funny. Um, uh, but he's a huge gamer too. So it worked out perfectly. And what's crazy is my freshman year, we had made a bet that I couldn't work out for 30 days straight. Okay. And I was like, I can do it. And this is where I talk about my book where I'm like, 
for when you're 400 pounds, right. I'm not a huge fan of having people go straight into strength training because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. your body's not ready for it. No. Your body's just not, you just need to move the body more to burn some calories, to get some fat off. Right. And so I went straight into trying to strength train and my, within 15 days, my body was in such shambles. I would wake up with Charlie horses and my hamstrings and quads while I was sleeping. I'd be like, ah, ah. Yeah. and all my roommates were like laughing like three in the morning at like how much pain I was in. Um, and I quit. And I, I used to call I, those the, Oh my gods. Oh, hundred percent brutal. That's what it was. Oh my God. No, nothing. I we're talking, I would get such bad cramps from just playing video games. I get cramps, <laughs> my hands, like it was brutal. Yeah. And so I created so much, there was so much pain to strength training when I, because I pushed myself too quick um, that I just couldn't handle the pain. And I quit. And gotcha. so, I, so my freshman, sophomore, and junior year, I gained five, tw- gained 20, lose 20 gained. I, well, I didn't even really look at the number to be honest, right. but this is a general thing. I just floated around 400 pounds. So um, what, what made you get serious? Like what really put you on your journey? That's the thing. And so I didn't have a rock bottom point from my transformation. It was um, my junior year of college. I decided that med school just wasn't for me. Gotcha. Um, it, it, it came down to, I looked at the, the, most people just don't look at the whole variables. I've always been a big variable guy, like looking at all the nuances of, of something mm-hmm. and making a, the best decision you can, but except for my own health, which is so funny. Um, and so like, I'm like, okay, cool. Do I want to be a doctor? Well, there's certain things about it I like. I love the fact of making the money you make. Right. Um, but I also saw from my dad's perspective, just how many hours your work schedule, your, it's just, and I just came to the conclusion from that. I don't care how much money you make. If you're a slave to your job, you're a slave to your job. And that, mm-hmm. that's just, that's just not what I wanted. So I was like in this kind of transition period, my junior year of college, I was like, I don't know what to do. And so, and at the same time, my dad's pushing me to, to get a job of some sort to, to help support my own financialness. Cause at this point he's still doing all of it. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, all right, I got to do something. And I had, this is going to make you laugh. I don't know if you've heard this part. Uh, I had a random person from a, from a politics class. I took poli sci class basically hit me up and say, Hey man, I got a business opportunity for you. You know where this is going. Good. I got, I got hooked into a, a a network marketing company called Vima. Yeah. Um, and it, it, kind of, it it was this, I, I, I love it to this day. I mean, the, the company actually got shut down. Um, but what it did was the people that were in that group with me um it was an mlm it was an mlm okay and um and i still love mlms to this day but it's it's crazy because like it's it's just crazy how i was in this transition period and and the biggest thing accountability um when i got into this group they were all heavily motivated accountable if you're in our group you're setting goals, you're reading books mm-hmm. and you're going to get, you're going to develop yourself into a better person. And so the people like the, the guys I was with at the time, um, I, the first book I read, they, they, they pushed me to read was a book called the compound effect by Darren Hardy. Okay. And that book changed my whole perspective of life where we always say this, the reason why I never lost 200 pounds, the reason why I never changed my body was I saw I had to lose 200 pounds. And I was just like, there's just no freaking way I'm losing 200 pounds. There's just not a freaking chance that I'm going to lose 200 pounds. Exactly. And so I was like, so I never tried. I never, that's why like when people say stuff, I'm going to try. I'm gonna try. No, you're not. You're not going to really try because you don't believe it's possible. So you're never mm-hmm. really going to take the actions what it takes. And so that book is like, your life is not, 
it's not, do you go to Dartmouth or do you go to college or not go to college? It's not, the quality of your life is not those types of decisions. The quality of your life is what is your daily habits of the eat food you eat? What are the daily habits of how you treat your body? What are the daily habits of what you're putting in your mind? Right. The, the compound effect of a small thing over a long period of time makes a drastic difference. And so mm-hmm. um, I was like, okay, the book was like, okay, you want, you want to lose 200 pounds? I was like, yeah, that'd be cool, but I don't believe it's possible. What's a goal that you truly believe you can hit, but that excites you? That's right. And honestly, it was two pounds. My only belief system was on two pounds. And so I was like, I'm going to lose two pounds this week. And I just put my head down. I was like, two, I was 4'10", and I was like, I'm going to be 408 by the end of the week. And boom, I hit it. I was like, cool, great. 406, boom, cool. 404. And literally, for the first 50 pounds, I took it week by week, just focusing on two pounds a week. That's right. And when I stepped on the scale at down 50 pounds, it was just like, I'm changing my whole friggin' life. The, the, that was my switch. My switch mm-hmm. happened when I lost about 50 pounds just through just focused effort. Um, and then I was like, I'm going to change everything about myself. I'm going to read books on how to, how to develop my habits, my, my beliefs. Uh, you're making me so fish- happy, David. You're everything. Me so happy. What? I said, you're making me so happy because this is what, this is what I talked about on the last episode that we recorded the gains in between my whole mantra. Mm-hmm. That's literally it. Exactly. You know what I mean? With those little, the little bit of just hacking at the rock, hacking at the mm-hmm. rock, hacking at the rock. And then eventually you're going to make that sculpture, mm-hmm. but it's just that little bit. And exactly. we have to and- all learn that. And, and everyone's sweet spot's different. And, and it goes off of what we just last episode is just what you were saying was setting a goal. It's like, uh, I, I, one of the things I talk about now is just like, I, I want to lose some weight. That was the classic line that you always hear. I said to myself, I want to lose weight. Mm-hmm. What is it? Go to the bathroom. You lose weight. What, what do you right. mean you want to lose weight? That's not, that's, that's not exciting. That's not, that's not, what is, what is, what is a measurable impactful goal that's actually going to put you in a position to take action, right. to physically take action. And so um, and at that point, when I lost about 50 pounds, I was just like, I'm a learning fiend. And I, I dropped my ego and I was like, wow, there's so much of life I don't know. But there are so many people out there that can help me. And so I got into huge, I was reading, a, I was reading a book a week. I was reading audios. I got into neuro-linguistic associations. I got into all types of, of that realm to create new habits, create new beliefs in myself. Um, and from that point, when I lost about 50 was then all of a sudden I went, whoa, and I lost 150, another, I lost another hundred in about a year later. Um, and so, so what were some of those tools that you implemented that, so that big, took you from that 50 pounds to 150 pounds and so on? Yeah. So, um, a couple of big things to me and what's really cool with the way I lost the weight, especially mm-hmm. is I did because the transition from I was in I was in Vima in that company until um, one year past I graduated, and then it got it got quote unquote shut down for being a scam. Then mm-hmm. they beat the FTC, and oh, they then did? they did. Um, but the issue was they their name was so tarnished that like they just couldn't come back from it, um, gotcha. and so they pivoted and all this kind of stuff. But um, but in that sequence of events, I did my, the the way I started was carb cycling. That's how I started. Gotcha. Um, carb cycling was how I, I started my, my tra- I, would, I would do like two high carb days, three low carb days. And I, and I would fluctuate my carbs, obviously by eating to my calories and all this kind of stuff. But that was the, the gist of where I started. Um, and then farther into my transformation, I did just straight keto and mm-hmm. I cut out the carbs completely and I went keto for a while. And then I've, and from that point, 
I was, I was heavy into keto up until I got down to, um, the, about the 240 pound range, mm-hmm. um, where I would, I would eat about, I, th- I would say my macros is probably like 200 and cause then I got into macro counting because you, you got to know, like, for example, you, you can't just, for example, keto, it's like, you can be keto all you want, but if you're eating 10,000 calories of bacon and cream cheese, you're right. not going to lose weight. It, it's an, right. it's effective for the sake of it helps with you. When you get into keto, you don't feel hungry as often because your sugar levels level out, your insulin levels level out. And so that's what helped me a lot um, because I was so all right. over the place, my sugar and insulin. And mm-hmm. so you, it, it just isn't good. And so it just helps level you out. Um, and then after my two excess skin removal surgeries, um, then I, I was, I was same position as you. I looked just wiry. Mm-hmm. I looked just kind of small and I'm like, I'm a big like chested, it. big hipped person. And yeah. I still look kind of goofy. Um, so then I got into strength training, which brought me back to carb cycling, which brought me back to like, like that kind of whole realm to build on, on some more muscle and that, right. in that sense. Um, but the biggest thing for me within it all, what's fascinating to me is now I do P90X. I do all these different programs, but the same programs that I couldn't commit to. And my dad bought me at 18 and 17 and 16 I'm utilizing now and it's actually working. But what changed right. is my belief in actions and accountability to doing it. Right. Um, I find that I still find that the most fascinating thing. And what I love about what I, what we're going to do with this podcast is it's like, it, it, we all have different programs and all different things because of the way we live our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's so many people that have done it in so many different ways. So what, what, what are some of the things that you did to stay committed mentally? We talked about the physical. Oh, yeah. How did you stay? How did you stay mentally accountable? To so, you near, yeah. So going, going to mentally accountable. So th- this is a fun thing because I do this with a lot of people. Um, I, how often do we like th- this is this is what hurt me the most. And this is what hurt, hurts a lot of people at the beginning. Um, when we try to start getting into accountability, we... I would, I would sit there and every time you eat something wrong, you get on yourself, obviously right. mm-hmm. you eat ice cream, you go to pizza and afterwards you, you loved it at the time. And as soon as you finish eating, you're just like, gosh, David, what'd you do to yourself? Why'd you do that? And there's a certain level that's good. Cause, cause you're trying to help yourself be accountable. Right. But at the same time, this is what I learned from, from neurolinguistic associations. You have to celebrate wins. You have to celebrate the good actions. It's like if every time a kid did something wrong, you slapped him, but every time I did something right, you didn't say anything. Mm-hmm. That's how most people of us live. So what I did was I started to actually physically celebrate good moves. So I'm sitting in the cafeteria or whatever, eating a good meal. And I'm not kidding you. I would stand up and I go, David, good job. And I would literally high five myself and I would sit back down. I love that. I'd physically do it celebrating good decisions. Right. And it made it feel positive. Like eating healthy felt good now. Right. Because I was actually physically celebrating it. Cause most people, this is, this was huge for me because oftentimes when you, when you start to try to lose weight, every <coughs> you eat, you eat healthy and you're like, well, good, John, you're supposed to eat healthy. Duh. Well, that's, that's not, doesn't feel good. And then every time you do, you do something wrong, you just harp on yourself. So you're not going to commit to it because nope. it doesn't feel good. Nope. It doesn't feel good. So that was the, that was, that was huge for me was celebrating every single time, every time, if it was going to the gym, I would high five myself. I'd verbally say, David, great job. Like I'm proud of you. Or if it was eating a, a grilled chicken salad instead of a pizza with everybody else doing David, 
Good job. I'm proud of you. Mm -hmm. Like physically getting on yourself and being your best cheerleader was so important to me. But in that token, I mean, at least for me, I would, I would do something very similar. I would always congratulate myself, myself on the good thing. But then after that one congratulations, that was it. You don't look back. You don't, you know, because I had this mantra and, and my best friend kind of helped me, you know, utilize it. You shouldn't be congratulated for the things that you're supposed to be doing. So mm -hmm. like no one's going to congratulate you for breathing. You know what I mean? And no, no one's going to congratulate you for waking up today. You were supposed to do that. So when I started my journey, like, yes, it was a big deal. I'm finally doing these things to save my life but you should be saving your own life anyway. Mm -hmm. So it's that one congratulations, good job, you're doing it, but then that's it. We don't talk about it again mm -hmm. until the next time you do that good thing because you're supposed to be doing this anyway. 100%. You follow what I'm saying? At least yeah, that, that's what kind of helped for me. And that's what's so important is like it, it, different, different people and, and at the same time, um, I need to be my, my best cheerleader celebrating the wins. But at the same time, this is also huge because the first the first hundred pounds, my weight loss, right. All everyone saw of me was positive reinforcement. Yes. So like, for example, um, all my social media posts, positive, positive, positive. Mm -hmm. You can do this. You can do this. You can do this. I got this. Like you can do it too. And it was all positive. But what's funny is behind closed doors, I was also very hard on myself for the sake of like, Hey, you need to step up. Like right. as, as an individual, you need to hold yourself to a better set of accountability and you need to do this and you need to stop taking excuses, stop taking other, basically stop taking mysticism for things you can't control right. for the reason why you're at where you're at. And what's funny is when I started to bring that side of me on like political, like on my social media platforms, I started to say harsh truths and like getting on yourself um, people resented it. It was kind of funny. Like, David, you, well, what about, and like, it's because they were so used to sunshine and rainbows for me mm -hmm. that like, when you actually bring out the behind closed doors, I was, I was also very intentionally hard on myself because growing up, I never got that. No. It was all, it was all sugar. It was all sunshine and rainbows. It was always, yeah. my parents were, Hey, you can do this. Even my friends, Hey, you could do this, but that's not what I needed to hear. No. What I needed to hear was David, you need to hold yourself accountable, stop acting like a child that doesn't have control, and you need to do this. Yeah. But none of my friends and family would do it, so I had to do it for myself. And so there, there is that balance of yin and yang behind it, um, which makes it so interesting because as soon as I brought that on my social media after a year of sunshine and rainbows mm -hmm. of like, hey, guys, stop it. Like, stop. Some people really resented it. It was, kind of, it was, it was very interesting. Yeah. No, I, I, I could see that because people, they don't want to hear the harsh, the harsh truths. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? They want the, the good job. You got this no matter what you could do it. And yeah, you can, but you also need that little dose of reality. Because, 100%. I, I mean, for me, you know, I was overweight my whole entire life. So I had doctors literally look me in the eye at like 10 years old and tell me, Hey, John, you're not going to live to see your 13th birthday. Like you need to change your life. And I'd say, yeah, you know, I'm going to do it. I got this. I'm on Weight Watchers. And then I would have a Costco size box of Rice Krispie treats that I would yeah. eat in secret. And this is a true story. I would eat the Rice Krispie treats. I would throw the wrappers behind my washing machine in my basement. So no one knew that I was eating them. 
and then so i was like i was like maybe 13 14 at the time when i turned and this is no joke when i turned like 17 years old the washing machine broke they finally removed the washing machine from where it was and there was all the wrappers i had never gotten yelled at so bad in my whole entire life that i was sneaking the food behind people's back and that was what my parents were mostly mad about like you snuck it behind our back because you obviously felt bad about doing it. Mm-hmm. Like you wouldn't necessarily have been reprimanded, but you felt the need that you had to take this upon yourself to hide and eat. Like there's something wrong with that. So that's just, you know, that was just something that I had to get through. And so I, I really want to hear I, your story. I literally had the same one where, um, because we had this huge house and I was at the friends over and all this kind of stuff. Um, it was, we had this huge candy area of our, we had a walk-in uh, pantry. It was, just, mm-hmm. it was a big pantry <laughs> and all this, we had a cold candy section. Well, what I would do was I would take a bunch of candy in my room. Mm-hmm. I would put the wrappers in a drawer. And then as soon as the wrappers got to a certain level, like I filled the drawer completely <laughs> and it was trash day, I would take all the wrappers from the drawer and I would go to the trash can. I would lift off a couple things from the trash I would shove in yeah. all of the wrappers that I was eating and then I put a little bit of trash on top so no one knew how, how much I was eating as well. Right. It, and it's just crazy. Like you can, we all do this. Like yeah. pocket eating, like, um, like behind closed doors. Um, if I could say anything about what's just going on, if you're listening to this right now, we did every, every, every trick on the book that you think yeah. you're so slick at that, that's yeah. kind of helping you in the situation. It's only hurting you. Yeah. Uh, it, but you're it's fooling yourself. Yeah, you're only fooling yourself. <laughs> you're only fooling yourself. And it's going to take you to realize that. Mm-hmm. Like people could shove it in your face all the time and tell you what you're doing wrong, but it's not until that you decide that you need to accept it. And that's when you could change it. Mm-hmm. You know, hundred percent. So we're, we've been recording now for, um, hold on one second. My stopwatch stopped. We are officially recording for 41 minutes. Yes. Why don't you take us through, you know, two more tools and then we'll, uh, we'll wrap this up for hundred percent. So tools. So the biggest thing for me, that's helped me be accountable by, uh, beyond shadow of doubt. Um, I'm excited to build something as well in the future with it, but, um, my fitness pal changed my life, just calorie counting to the point where it's whatever system you want to use. Um, but systemizing just how you use a, uh, a, debit card and you have a bank account for all the money you spend and you look you look back at all your spending and it's like oh where's my money going all this kind of stuff mm-hmm. do the same thing with your eating it helped me out immensely where um i use my fitness pal and everything calorically that i eat i put it in the app mm-hmm. and then whether that's just an accountability up front what, what, what i really like about it with the accountability side is it's 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 undenying right it's no one can justify it no one can pay like you you put it in there and it is what it is yeah like yeah. you you can't lie about it and so getting accountable and just like to the point where everything that goes in your mouth you put in the app it it gives you a frame of reference of exactly what you're eating so you know what you're doing right. and maybe at the beginning you don't even change anything yet other than the fact that that's how it was for me i just wrote down and used the app to put everything that i was putting in my body in the in the app and it got me to the point where you only put Snickers bar so many times. It's like, oh, I got to put Snickers bar. And if I, I'm looking at the Snickers and I'm like, if I eat this Snickers, I got to put it in the app. And I don't yeah. want to put it in the app. So I'm just not going to eat this Snickers. 
and it helped me it helped me because it's it's an un it's an unrelenting accountability partner that's just you did do you're not gonna like it at first you're you're not gonna like it at first you're gonna hate it at first yeah um because but it gives you a a general understanding of like oh my gosh this is my calories meeting today holy moly like you just you just have no idea the amount of calories you're actually ingesting most likely to be at the position you're in yeah especially when you're at that point where you where you don't care and mm-hmm. you haven't made that switch yet. The switch hasn't went off in your head. And you are just, it doesn't matter what's in front of you. You're, you're putting it in your mouth. You know what I mean? Yep. And then when you finally log it and it gives you that calculation of how much you're eating a day, I swear to God, it's going to blow your mind. Like, I it's thought going, I was eating 2,500, maybe 3,000 calories. No, and, I was yeah, eating yeah. like 8,000 calories a day. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. If, you, if you're sitting there right now and, and you're listening to this and you are, you know, somewhere where I once was and you're, you know, around that 480 mark, that 500 mark, or you maybe you're above and you've never tracked your calories, you're in for it. Like mm-hmm. you, you are really in for it. When you finally decide, okay, enough is enough. I really want to see what it is that I'm consuming in a day. <laughs> You better strap in because that number is gonna blow your mind. Huge, yeah, huge. Like, and and, and it, but then it what what it did for me as well is it gives you a non mystical number. Yeah, because it's no longer mysticism of like I don't know why I'm at where I'm at. Like, yeah. I shouldn't be there, and it really gives you a sense of like, wow, okay, well that's something I could change. Like that's yeah. something feasible. Um, so that's number one track your calories, track your macros, track what you're eating in a day. It yeah. helps mentally. Number two, um, I would say drink a gallon of water a day. Life period. Life changing. End of discussion. Yeah. It is crazy scientifically. It's crazy. All the different, when you just get in the habit of drinking a gallon of water a day, you feel better. You have better mm-hmm. energy levels. You're not as hungry mm-hmm. as often. Um, and so that would be one more tool that I would just implement day one. Yeah. Just Drink a gallon. Don't argue. Well, what if I'm going to just do it? That's one of the first things that I did. Mm-hmm. I was one of the first thing that Steve made me do was get in that gallon of water a day. And then there was a point where I was doing two gallons of water a day and I felt incredible. And I mm-hmm. need to get myself back to that point because just everything felt amazing. My joints didn't hurt. I didn't wake up and want to go back to bed. You know what I mean? Like I felt vigorous. I felt alive. Mm -hmm. It's crazy what just simply drinking water, not even adding anything to it. Forget about the lemon, forget about the mint, forget about adding anything, drink the water. And it is, it literally just, I don't know. It's like a well-oiled machine. You make your body into this functioning, like Mm -hmm. it's crazy how much we don't drink. Well, it's, it's just like most people live in a constant state of dehydration. They're mm-hmm. just completely unaware of it um, because of the fast pace of today and all this kind of stuff. We just don't drink the water that we used to. Yeah. And you want to know the three top symptoms of chronic state of dehydration? Tell me. Lack of energy, lack of focus, fat retention. Yeah. Sounds like a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like me. And I, and I, you know, I put in the work, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And it's just easy. It's easy to go from, from not drinking to, to being on top of the drinking to losing it again, because I've been there. I've done the up and down mm-hmm. with the water and the intake of the water. And it's, ve- it's, it's something that you need to be conscious of because it's so, it's so life-changing what mm-hmm. just a little bit more water in your diet can do for you. And so it's so if, simple. If not, yeah. It's so easy. I well, mean, I don't, we take wait, water wait, for granted. Exactly. You're just like, well, uh, David, what, 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 uh, what, what, what food should be eaten? How many macros should be drink a gallon of water? Well, how much is a gallon? A gallon, drink a gallon, yeah. drink a gallon a day. But, but what kind of water? 
drink a gallon of water a day. I hate that question too, by the way, <laughs> though. What kind of water? No, go to your faucet. If you don't know what kind of water, turn that bitch on cold and fill up a and cup of water. Drink it. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, we can argue a little bit here and there of, of what water is better for you. But, right. let's but you're just, not at that level yet. Let's just know? drink a gallon of water, water a day. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So yeah, that, those are the two tools that I would implement like that. right today that can, yeah. that can create a, the compound effect. You, can, you just understand the food you're eating every single day and you drink a gallon of water a day. You do that every single day for a year. You'd be blown away by how much your body changes. I like that. I like that a lot, David. I like that a lot. Thank you by the way, for, uh, for sharing your story today, because there was some stuff that I had no idea about. Mm-hmm. And we've been, we've been cracking at this for seven months. Yep. And I've never known that. And we, we've done three, three podcasts now together. You know, the one that made us come together and, and want to start something bigger than ourselves. Mm-hmm. We recorded last week's episode and now this, and yeah, I like this experience. I like learning about each other and, uh, where this is going to go. I think this is awesome. So thank you again. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to actually be in the seat of asking the questions on the podcast and not receiving the questions on the podcast, because it's a lot of fun. I liked it. So thank I appreciate you. it. I appreciate it. It's, it's fun. And it, and it just goes to show you that you never know someone's story and uh, yeah. there's, but it's the relatability, the authenticity of what this podcast is going to be in the future um, is by far the most important piece of the puzzle. Mm-hmm. And leave, um, leave us with one thing, one thing, if you want to put a whole bow on this one bow for the whole thing. I would say for anyone listening to this right now, number one, celebrate the fact that you just listened to this whole podcast. Yeah. Um, And the one thing that I would recommend to you is implement one thing you heard. I don't Mm -hmm. care what it is. I would say probably between the calories and and drinking a gallon of water a day. Um, But make sure that this podcast from now, from here and to the future is not entertainment. This isn't for entertainment. This is for you to actually take accountability to change some of the decisions and actions in your life. And so what I'd recommend to you is choose one. I don't know if it's the gallon water day, do it. If it's the calorie counting and seeing where you're at, do it, but do something, implement something. Um, And that's what I'd recommend. And let us know what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you take anything from these podcasts, definitely let us know what it is you're taking from them and how you're implementing them in your life. I would definitely like to hear some feedback on that. Yeah, so and, all the different uh, social tell everyone medias. where they can find you on social media. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously we're, we're going to have our ALG podcasts everywhere and, and mm-hmm. all our social media there. Um, that's where we primarily want you. We have some tools coming out here in the future. That's going to be really freaking cool. Yeah. Um, if you're looking for that accountability group, if you're looking for that community, that constant communication that you have a support system, we got something special brewing for you guys. Just want to jab at that again. Cause I'm excited. Yeah, no, it's going to um, be really so, good. So, yeah. And then honestly, send us the DM, send us anything. Honestly, just get us communication. We're, we're real authentic people. Um, and we're here to actually make change with every single person we get in contact with. Mm-hmm. The, amount of, the amount of DMs I get saying, I hope you get this or I hope you respond. It's like, if I read it, I'm going to respond. I'm going to respond all the time. Yeah. I, yeah, that's something with me too. I respond literally to every DM, which mm-hmm. maybe I shouldn't do that, but I really do. I, I reach back to everyone who reaches out to me. So, Please shoot me those DMs. By the time this episode hits air, we should have the Accountability Life Group um, Instagram up and running. So you can definitely contact the both of us there and you can contact us on our individual Instagrams. And next week, we will have a guest for the first time, someone really incredible. I don't want to give too much away, but I do consider him the guru of keto. So if you know me, you know my group of friends, you might know who this is. So stick around. This is just getting started. And uh, yeah, we're going to have a good one. All right, your day, everybody. Peace.